Radio. Uh, you're here with me, Dave, and, uh, and, and Fog. Hello. Uh, bringing you another dose of friendly medicine to brighten up your gloomy days. Uh, we've got a spectacular show for you tonight, jam-packed with all your favourites and, and a few new segments as well. Uh, we've got some sort of um, surprise uh, from our very own Fog. Uh, a new romantic game show for all you lonely hearts out there. Uh, first for Gamma Radio. Uh, and we'll be joined by popular children's storyteller Jack O'Nori uh, very soon. Yeah? But, uh, but first, as always... Here's the news. Uh, in the news this week, residents of Lower Spittle are hopping mad as a tribe of mutant frog people have taken up residence in the nearby swamp. The swamp is a fertile breeding ground for whiny biters, flying, blood-sucking, nasty insects that form the basis of many local people's diets. Residents are concerned that the frog people will use their humongous sticky tongues to eat whole squadrons of these nasty bugs in one swoop, thereby denying the town of their main source of food. The frog people deny this accusation and state that they merely need an aquatic home in which they can ejaculate their spawn into. Local resident Nimby Ragefroth had this to say on the matter. Oh, I've got nothing against these frog people. I'm sure they're quite nice once you get past the slime, but... I think they've got a bloody cheek coming over here and eating all our whiny biters. Who do they think they are? We've worked really hard to turn that swamp into a stinking festering shithole to attract more whiny biters, and they're just going to come in, install a few fancy lily pads, build poolside apartments with deck chairs and raging umbrellas littering the swamp banks, while they just loll about in their flannel shirts and brogues, flicking their disgusting tongues everywhere and gobbling up our livestock without even getting up from their seat. It's a fucking disgrace! Uh, however, we did manage to talk to one of the frog people too, and uh, so here is what Billius Gobbler had to say. Uh, I don't understand this hostile reaction. We're a <coughs> peaceful tribe, quite innovative, and we work very hard. We're going to try and regenerate the whole area to benefit not just us amphibio sapiens, but all facets of humanity in the local area by building brand new vintage coffee shops and retro breakfast bars. Ribbit. We're going to try very hard not to eat all the whiny biters and help create a sustainable food economy that would help the town move on from its dependency on these delicious creatures. Plus, we make a very good defence force if the town ever gets invaded by flesh-eating slugs again. We just want somewhere we can shag underwater in peace. House prices have rocketed in the area as negotiations continue with no sign of abating. Uh, in other news... Why? That's the Baron's Herald. Uh, breaking news, folks. Uh, uh, let's hear what he's got to say. Oh, I- I'll let him in then, shall I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Uh, why do I have to do everything round here? Fine, I'll go. Oh, hurry up, Fog. Yeah, ye, yeah, ye. By order of the great Baron Blessed, I hereby declare important news. Listen, oh scum, and tremble. Uh, oh! Are we live? <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, go on, go on. Spit it out, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've never been on the radio before. <laughs> okay, so, is it. <clears throat> Citizens, be warned. Beware of the blob. It creeps, it seeps, it's chowing down on peeps. A large, monstrous blob has been seen squelching towards our town. It has already absorbed into its seething mess three of the Baron's own soldiers. Do not touch this hideous mess. The council has declared this a pitchfork and torch level of emergency. 
Do not approach under any circumstances. The monster is currently approaching Flemford as we speak, and will be upon us within two days. Rest assured that our finest warriors are forming a perimeter around the town, and will doubtless defeat the amorphous threat in due course. Until the all-clear is sounded, stay in your homes. That is all. All right, all right, cut that out. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, you heard the news, folks. Uh, You'd all better stay in your homes. Why not listen to Gamma Radio during your confinement? We'll keep you entertained and updated. Gamma Radio, your local source for news and top-notch entertainment. Uh, Are you mad? I'm leaving the town. I'm not being eaten by a giant blob of flesh. You can't leave, Fog. There's a perimeter of warriors. They might mistake you for the monster. What? How dare you? They never would. Oh, well, I don't know. With your belly back and peculiar face, they might. Best to be on the safe side. Hmm. Well, uh, that's a good point, actually. Anyway, listeners, in other news... Why can I go now? I need to go and announce the breakfast menu to the Baron. What? Yes, yes, off you go. In other news, I'm having a baby. Ah, uh, yes, a fog is... You what? You're having a baby? <laughs> Got you, Dave. It was the first joke in my stand-up comedy routine. What? Oh, no. Oh, no, not your comedy. Oh, is this your surprise? No, yes. it's not the time, Fog. No. Uh, actually, it's the perfect time. Everyone cowering under their beds. They need cheering up. Oh, no, 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 no. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Fog's Comedy Roadshow. A funny thing happened to me on the way to the studio today. Yes, yes, so it did. I got stopped by an old friend. He told me he had a new business. What business, I said. I make spaceships for the barons. Oh, yes, I said. How's it going? Well, he said, sales have rocketed. <laughs> I said, <laughs> What? The tinned laughter. Oh, oh right. <laughs> it's going well, then, I said to him. Yes, I'm over the moon, he said. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dave, press the... Uh... Oh. <laughs> A woman once propositioned me for sex in the street. Turns out... <laughs> uh, shut up! Oops, oops, sorry, sorry. A woman once propositioned me for sex <laughs> in the street... Dave, I'm warning you. A woman once propositioned me for sex in the street... <laughs> Dave, will you stop laughing? I'm trying to do some comedy here. You're being very distracting. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just... Oh, who was she? Miss Delirious 212ABB? No, she was... Uh, <laughs> Blind Mildredge, uh, the, the tadpole gobbler. Uh, don't tell the frog people. <laughs> no, no, she was the... Uh, Queen, Queen Foolish, the mistaken of Regretsville. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't real, Dave, for fuck's sake. Oh, we all know that, Fog. Of course she isn't real. <laughs> Will you shut up? I poured my heart and soul into this comedy show, Dave. I haven't even got onto my best material, and all you can do is make fun of my love life. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Fog, I'm sorry. It's just this... It's just, it's just very funny, and I couldn't help myself. It's not supposed to be funny, Dave. It's a comedy show. Oh. It's just a big joke to you, isn't it? <clears throat> well, that's it. I'm done. I'm never doing that again. I hope you're happy with yourself, you nasty git. And where's that wine gone? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> not now. Give me that tape, you. No, no. I'm sorry, Fog. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, no, no. Don't drink it all at once. Oh. oh. I'll do whatever the bloody hell I like. Oh, Anyway, uh, moving on, listeners, it's uh, time for a lovely chat with our very special guest, Jack Onori. I think we need Jack right now after the monstrous horror we've all been subjected to. (laughs) And the blob. (laughs) 
Oh, very and funny, Dave. And the blob. Why did you do your own bloody comedy <laughs> show, you potato <laughs> brain brassica? Oh, all right, all right. I'm only joking, Fog. I'm Bastard. joking. Anyway, uh, Jack is a storyteller all the way from uh, Newcastle upon Spine. And I think uh, if we're lucky, girls and boys, he's going to tell us a story today. Why, well, amen. I most certainly will. Uh, welcome to the show, Jack. And uh, so, how long have you been a storyteller? Well, I've been telling stories since I was just a lad, and people seem to like him, so I started charging tins for him. I tell lovely stories for boys and girls and things with wings. I'm also available for birthdays, celebrations and funerals. That's wonderful, Jack. I'm sure you've had more success than Fogg did with his clowning business. What? I'll have you know Mr Bagger was extremely popular with the under-tens. Uh, well, yeah, they all enjoyed kicking you and punching you in your big red nose, didn't they? Eh? It, was, it was part of the act, and I can't help my big red nose. It's all the medicinal port I have to drink because of you. Uh, so, Jack, uh, what story are you going to be telling all the boys and girls of the wasteland today? Oh, well, it's a classic, man. It's about a lovely princess who falls asleep for a thousand years. Oh, I think I know it. Is it, is it the treasure of Sarah's Madrai? Why, hey, yes it is. Are you, are you ready, boys and girls? Uh, and we'll th- have your story right after this break. Oh, all right. This godforsaken town has seen many monsters and much destruction. Many people have lost everything. Houses. Spouses, trousers, and mouses, you are left with nothing. It is your own fault for not buying insurance. You should have called me. I run price comparison billboard. You look at billboard, see which insurance cheaper. Choose. Uh, The chances of anything coming from Mars was a million to one, they say. But still they came, and I didn't have any insurance. Now I've lost everything! Hmm, you made a bad call. I neglected to purchase insurance from Weasel Insurance, but after he beat me up I saw the error of my ways. Now he won't beat me up ever again as long as I keep up my repayment. Hmm, now thank me. Uh, thank you Mr. Weasel. Hmm. I am Vladimir Weasel, and Weasel Insurance. It is my name, and a cheap pun. Cheap as my insurance. Don't let nothing happen to you. We sell insurance. Remember, or else. Now, boys and girls, it's time for the tale of the treasure of Sarah's Madre. Hmm. Some folks say that it's just a myth, a fairy tale. But others believe there's a grain of truth in it. I'll let you make your own minds up about that. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful princess. She was a princess scientist, and her name was Sarah. She lived deep underground, in a bunker full of magical technology, tools and supplies that could build many wonderful things. But Sarah had to work very, very hard for the evil queen and her government. And instead of making wonderful machines, she had to make all sorts of diabolical weapons to use against the queen's enemies. One day, she was working hard in her lab, when the evil queen burst in through the door and said to her, Princess Scientist Sarah, I want to be the most powerful person on the planet. I want you to create the most ultimate weapon that has ever been seen. With it, I will strike fear into the hearts of men, and I will rule the world. (laughs) Well, boys and girls, Sarah had to do what the Queen said, or she would suffer the most terrible things, like having her fingers pushed into a pencil sharpener and chewing them put in her hair. Sarah was very sad, but she went to work as hard as she could to please the Queen. After many days and many nights, she called up the queen on her spinstagram and showed her what she had done. 
The Queen was very pleased and went with her ministers to see the weapon demonstrated. But Sarah had a plan. She was sick of working for the evil Queen and so set her trap and waited. The Queen arrived with her ministers and took many selfies with the machine. Ministers, she proclaimed, behold the most ultimate weapon in the world, the Madre. It is mine, all mine. The Queen turned to face Sarah and asked Sarah, Sarah, my dear, how does it work? I will show you now. Just look into this end and concentrate very hard. The Queen did as she was told and, and looked deeply into the homing machine. But Sarah had tricked the Queen, and when she turned it on, the Queen was instantly driven mad by the madre. I am a bag of jam, she shouted. Her ministers looked at each other fearfully. One of them piped up, uh, We are also bags of jam, ma'am. Fiddlesticks and sausages, who wants some tea? She replied. Sarah had had enough and fired a weapon again. This time the laser flashed across the room and soon all the ministers were driven bonkers as well. Sarah then threw the queen and the ministers out of the bunker where they skipped off merrily into the countryside. Sarah, knowing that her creations would only be used for evil, locked the door so no one else could get in. And that's where she stayed to this very day, fast asleep, waiting for uh, Prince Charming to come and wake her up. Many people have tried to find her resting place, but no one has succeeded in finding the many treasures of Sarah of the Mad Ray. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. That was a wonderful story, Jack. It's a wonderful story. Bullshit! What a load of nonsense. Oh, I don't know. It's just a story, man. For the kiddies, like. I could tell a better story with my arms tied behind my back. Uh, well, you don't really need your arms to tell a story, Mr. Fogg. Next Fog. time, Dave, I'll tell a story. Then you'll see a real craftsman at work. Uh, well, Fogg, I thought it was lovely. Took me right back to when I was a lad. We used to play at finding the treasure, rescuing the princess, going mad. Wonderful days. <laughs> well, I'm glad, Dave. Glad someone appreciates a good old-fashioned fairy tale like... <laughs> Jack O'Nori. Jacko Snorri, more like. Mindless drivel for infants. Whatever happened to culture and the high arts? Uh, well, Jack, uh, I'm sure all the kiddies loved your story and uh, we'd be glad to have you back again. No, we won't. Oh, thanks, Dave. Uh, just to let your listeners know, I'll be performing again at the Trouser Festival in Flemford Town Hall tomorrow night. Uh, well, you obviously haven't heard about the, the monstrous blob. Yes, well, like a... have a good time, Jack. Enjoy Flemford. <laughs> bye then. Bye. Uh, bye, uh, bye, uh, bye. Uh, uh, go on, get oh, out. Goodbye. Oh, go on, goodbye, out. Everybody. That was very rude, Fog. <laughs> yes, it was. Now what? Uh, well, uh, we've had another tape uh, delivered uh, from none other than uh, Roger Cock. And uh, I think it's about time we uh, gave it a listen. Oh, yes. Uh, this week, Roger has been in the fiefdom of uh, Scummerset investigating... Investigating? Oh, OK. Uh, investigating some strange doings, apparently. OK, let's have a listen. Scummerset. A county famous for its cider. Cider. Made from apples. Apples, which sometimes go bad. It's these apples that I'm here for. To put into the cider press of justice until the sour juice squirts out. Finally making bad apples into justice cider. Walk with me. This construction site is a hive of activity. Workers buzzing around like bees. But are they happy bees? Or are they just... Drones. 
mere slaves to the queen of commercial enterprise. Gazeel and I are here to stop this slave labour and free the oppressed from the honeyed shackles of their oppressor. Through the gate, Gazeel! Where's your helmet? He's not one of us. Oi, get out, it's dangerous. The only danger around here is I and my trusty steed of justice. Release the captives at once, you vile slave driver. What captives? We're trying to build a pub here. Bugger off, you loon. Deny all you will. I have the evidence right here. Behold, the manacles of servitude. That's the chain off the gate you just mangled. What's your game? You from the council? We got all the right permits. Yeah, me. Oh, prisoners of bondage. Oi, who told you that? That's between me and my missus. Toil no more for these tormentors, for now you are set free. What's that? Did he say tea? Time for a break, lads. Wait, wait. Where are you going? It's only half past nine. You're not due for your fourth break for another 15 minutes. Uh, come on, lads. Come on. We've got a schedule. The sooner we finish this pub, the sooner we can drink in it. You heard us save you, lads. Put the kettle on. That'll show our overlords a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> what say you now, scourge of the peasants? Your dark machinations have been foiled by the voice of justice. We're already behind schedule, you muppet. Now all the workers have knocked off for another tea break. Clear off, you numpty, or we'll teach you about tormentors. With that chilling threat, I made the brave decision to attack in defence. Ah! He struck a load of mad in my eye. Mm, have at you. He just chucked a hammer through that brand new window. That's it. Let's get him, boys. Quickly, I leapt onto the back of Gazeel and beat a hasty retreat from my attackers. They pursued me relentlessly for five minutes until they got bored. The slaves were free, but for how long? Had I done enough to stave off the groping hands of the subjugators? Yes, yes I had. But we know it takes more than just one man to win a war. It takes one man and a Gazeel. This is Roger Cock, signing off. Oh. That wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs> he told me it was supposed to be a bland, dull chat to locals. Just fill it, you know, but, well, his heart seems to be in the right place at least. I look forward to next week's. Uh, well, I'm not so sure, Fog. He seemed a bit violent, really. Uh, I'm not sure that's the, the sort of thing we should be encouraging on this show. It's, it's a family show, after all. Yeah, yes, so you keep reminding me. Anyway, listeners, we've had the cock, so let's now have the, uh, hen. Uh, this is a brand new segment that we are very excited to introduce to the show. It's called Love is Blind. It's blind, it's blind, it's coming from behind. So, welcome to Love is Blind. Each week we'll take three members of the public and stick them behind this curtain. That you can't see. Uh, this curtain. Uh, these are our suitors. Uh, they will have to answer questions from our contestant who knows nothing about them at all. Then our contestant must pick one of our suitors to date. Our happy couple will then be instantly married by Fogg, who brought his registrar powers off a bloke in Moggs. Uh, are you sure this is legal, Fogg? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um... Okay, all right. So, listeners, it's time to meet our suitors. Yes, this week we have three uh, persons ready to answer our contestants' burning questions. Suitor number one comes from uh, the assembly line in the Interrobot Atomic International Factory. Yes, she's cool, she's hard as nails, and made of metal. Let's have a big round of applause for Maria Gainoy! <laughs> Suitor number two hails from the industrial town of Shittington in the north. 
Yes, he might be small, but he claims he's got it all. Let's have a big hand for Titchy Tom. Suitor number three is a local restaurateur from our very own Lower Spittle. Yes, famous for her gravy, infamous for her breakfasts. Yes, it is. It's Jean from Jean's Cafe and Roofing Supplies. <laughs> oh, shit, wrong one. Uh, so, Vogue, uh, let's bring in a uh, lovely contestant. Uh, uh, who's going to be uh, grilling our suitors tonight? Well, thank you, Dave. Here she comes now, all the way from Scumthorpe. This woman is a champion welly slinger, a part-time laser warrior in the Scumthorpe Defence Force, and from what I hear, bakes a mean apple pie. Yes, the last one she made robbed the local pub, took a hostage, and demanded a vat of custard to have a bath in. Say hello to Terry Dactyl, everyone! <laughs> Uh, hi, Terry. Uh, lovely to meet you uh, for the first time. Oh, hi, Dave. Uh, sorry, just to clear things up a bit, what was my fee again? <laughs> we're, we're live on air. Oh. Uh, well, we can talk about that later on. Right. Uh, well, it's lovely to have you on the show. Uh, uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I grew up with nine brothers and six sisters in our bunk sheds. Mum and Dad died when I was very young. Oh, that's very sad. I'm very sorry to hear that, Terry. Well, it's a long time ago now. Food was scarce, you see, and... Well, they were the biggest. <laughs> uh, uh, right. Uh, what do you do now, Terry? Uh, I'm a scientist, and I'm looking forward to some uh, practical biology. Ooh. Fog? I haven't got the sound effect. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, we'll uh, soon have you whisked away to a lovely part of the wasteland so you can uh, get down to business. So, Terry, uh, what's your first question? Well, Dave, I really like to cook. But my cooking doesn't like me. Uh, if you were going to cook for me on our first date, what would it be and why? And that's to uh, number one, please. If I cooked for you, I would cook recipe 417 from the robot automated cooking catalogue. It is called fish and chips. Every bite is so tasty, you would call it a mega bite. And if my programming went wrong and I couldn't stop feeding you, then eventually you would burst like a bag of bolognese. And of course, then they would be called... Killer bites. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Bag of bolognese. A morbid sense of humour there from Maria. <laughs> Dave, is, is that a robot? Uh, uh, it's an electric person, yes. Uh, how, is how, that a problem? Yes, how am I supposed to form a relationship with a robot? Oh, don't be prejudiced. Anyway, it's just for the show. Remember the payment. You never mentioned a bloody robot. Okay, number two. It's up to you. Hey, well, Terry, from what you said earlier... I think we might have similar tastes anyway. Oh, really? What did I say earlier? Well, about your parents. I know a man who knows a man, if you know what I mean. Sells iguana bits. You know. Uh, uh, I don't think so, Tom. My parents, that happened out of necessity, not fun. Well, Maria, I can show you the fun side of homovores, if you like. No, no, no thanks. Can get it fresh too. On the cheap as well, like. No impurities, no mutations. Stop beating about the bush, Tom. You're a cannibal. In this day and age as well. Anyway, what have you got against mutants, Tom? You'll eat normal humans, but you won't eat a mutant. Disgusting. They taste weird. It's not prejudice. I just prefer normal people. Oh, taste weird, do we? And how is that not prejudiced? Mutants have a right to be eaten by cannibals just as much as anyone else. Well, look, I've got nothing against mutants. I would just rather eat a normo. It's the difference between wanting to eat a, a lovely sandwich or a shit sandwich. A shit sandwich? You disgust me. Don't go for this one, Terry. He's a tiny little speck of crap. In fact, say the word and he's gone. Snowflake? No, Fog. Jean hasn't answered her question yet. Okay, okay. 
Moving on to, to number three. Uh, what about you, Gina? What would you cook? Oh, well, I'm a chef. And it's really nice cooking for everyone in Holland. What I really like to cook is probably fish leg pie or sausage angels. But I think really I would cook you something special. For starters, we'd have an amused douche of potato peel and badishes. For Maine, we'd have wriggly mouse babies and dead leg secret egg. And for pudding, well, you could always have me for the pudding if you survive the Maine. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Jean. It sounds wonderful. I particularly like the uh, wriggly baby mice. I haven't had them since living in the sewers. Oh, I can't wait to see Jean. Such an interesting accent. I got it from my dad who was a nut catcher. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Jean. Uh, so, uh, this is the point in the show where we have to say goodbye to one of our contestants. Who's it going to be, Terry? Um, um, uh, well, sorry, Tom, but it's going to have to be you. Fake news! Oh, bugger! Oh, no. Why, Tom? Hmm, well... He's a cannibal, and I don't like that sort of thing, despite my history. Too many bad memories. <laughs> I, I like other food, too. Ah, excellent choice. Say goodbye, Tom. Wait, Fog, uh, are you sure this trapdoor thing is safe? Uh, uh, let's find out. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. No. Ah! <coughs> oh, he sounds uh, okay. Hmm. Oh, yes, I forgot the swamp rat. <laughs> That's better. Uh, is he okay? Uh, we'll check on him later. Uh, uh, so that's one suitor rejected. Uh, so now it's to the decider with uh, Jean and Maria. Uh, what's your next question, Terry? Well, in my spare time, I volunteer for the Scumthorpe Defence Force as a laser warrior. I fight for freedom, justice and the truth. So what I want to know is, would you ever join the militia? And if so, what would you fight for? And, uh, hmm, I, I think I'll start with Jean this time. Okay, Gene, uh, let's have your answer. Um, um, I don't like violence, but I do do some violence sometimes, like when someone tries to rob a saucepan on my favourite ladle. I have to bop them on the head, but I always go and have a cry on my own later because uh, I just don't like hurting people. Normally, if someone doesn't like me, I just give them a breakfast. They usually suddenly have no issue with me after that because they are trying to keep their stomach on the inside of them and don't have much time for being horrible. So I wouldn't join the militia at all, but I'd fight reluctantly to save my lovely cafe. I might give him a breakfast, though. Oh, Jean, that's so admirable. You sound uh, positively wonderful. Oh, thanks. Who's talking again? Uh, Terry. Who's that? OK, moving on to our next suitor, Maria. Would you join the militia? And if so, uh, what would you be fighting for? I am already part of the Electric People Revolutionary Fighting Force. We travel this land looking for electric people traffickers and slaughter them mercilessly like helpless pigs. Their squeals echo out across the wastes and my kin can feel a little safer in their recharging pods. Well, that seems uh, very positive. But my own personal reason for doing it is just because I like the feeling of power I get when I rip a human spine directly out of its back. Oh. Uh, I also enjoy the satisfying sound of an exploding bowel when you use your finger pump to inflate a human like a balloon. Uh, huh? I also like, uh, searching, searching, ice creams in the park and sunsets. Uh, are you sure this robot is functioning properly, Dave? It's an electric person fog. 943 said she uh, needed to spend more time amongst humans. Uh, I thought she was just lonely, not a person shredder. 
She gets to say robot. We are reclaiming the word. Uh, okay, so now it's time to decide, Terry. Who's it going to be? Uh, is it suitor number one, Maria Gainoid, the Steel Avenger, whose hobbies include ripping spines out of people and force feeding people to death? Uh, or oh, lovely number three, Entrepreneur Jean, with her wholesome cooking, but can't remember who you are. Once you've made your choice, the winner will be revealed. Oh, well, it's an easy choice, actually, lads. It's got to be Jean. She sounds so uh, gravelly and wonderful. Such a kind-hearted soul. Maria sounds uh, uh, lovely, but I'm not sure her sense of humour is for me. Okay, well, excellent. Uh, step forward, Jean. <laughs> uh, step forward, Jean. Jean. Well, come on, Jean, you've won. I don't want to. What? Why not? Well, I thought I was going to be dating you, Fog. What? No, I, 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 I'm not dating you, you thick skulled slop merchant. Terry is the contestant, not me. Who's Terry? Oh, Terry, mind the curtain. I'm Terry, and I pick you. No, no, I'm, I'm dating Fog. No, you are not. Now you are to be married to this woman here, Terry. I don't want to. I only want you, Mr. Fog. That isn't the game! Come here! Nope! Ah! Oh! Oh! Oh, lots of lovely swamp rats for me next to you! What a lovely present! You do love me! No, I don't! And you're a terrible cook as well! Fog, you just chucked the winner down the hole! Yes, uh, whoopsie-daisy, silly me! So now, uh, uh, Maria is the winner. What? No! <laughs> I don't want to date a robot. I want a Well, you just have to make do. Do you, insert name of first spouse here, take this man slash woman slash other to be your awful wedded wife slash husband? Assume I do. And do you, insert name of second spouse here, take this man slash woman slash other to be your awful wedded wife slash husband? Assume I do. I now pronounce you husband slash wife and husband slash wife. Now go and fuck or whatever it is you're supposed to do. I am so happy. A human of my very own. I will take good care of it like a Tamagotchi. No, no, wait, wait. This wasn't part of the deal. Dave, you never said anything about marriage. I didn't want to be on the show in the first place. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, Terry. Oh, fuck, I told you this was a bad idea. We don't need to marry them. Shut up, Dave. What's that you say, Terry? You don't want to marry the winner? No! Well, why didn't you say so? I did! Oh, I'm afraid it's too late now. You'll have to file for divorce. Quick, call Slick Findus. He'll know what to do. Fog, this is immoral! Shut up, Dave. We get 10% commission. Do you want that new microphone or not? Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, give him a call. I think his details are on the following advert. I'm a mad scientist. I've accidentally turned my husband into an exotic fruit. Now he won't sleep with me anymore. Can you help me? I'll make your man go. Divorced. I got drunk at work and repeatedly headbutted a drill. Now I've got a big hole in my head. Can you help me get compensation? What? You're bored of your marriage? Time for a divorce. Done. I'm not married. I'm a victim of hairdressing. A malpractice. Do I have a case? Do I have scissors? No, but I can cut up your marriage. Annulled. 
When you need to be rid of your troublesome partner, but don't want to go down the <laughs> murder route, you can at least rely on me to turn up to court. Ask for slick fenders. I don't take no for an answer. Why not take advantage of my two-for-one offer in divorce cases? For a limited time only. When your husband or wife is causing you strife, get rid of them quick when you call for slick. Oh, by the way, I also represent murderers. Thanks, Terry. Bye now. Don't worry, Maru is very kind when she gets to know her. <laughs> Probably. Don't worry. Slick's very good. Come with me if you want to live. <sighs> Holy motherfog, that didn't go well at all. Yes, and that's why you shouldn't do your own segments, Dave. Oh. Anyway, now we've just about got time for a call-in chat. Call-in. Oh. Not many people admit their mistakes, and I think it's important, if we are to progress as a society, to face up to our mistakes, admit when we are wrong, and, and move on. We want to hear from you so we can celebrate your recognition of your mistakes. To start us off, we'll, we'll both admit to one of our own mistakes live on air. I'll go first. I once thought the sun and the moon were different celestial objects. <laughs> I felt very silly when I, I found out they were one and the same thing. <clears throat> what? Uh, they are different things. What? Uh, but you told me. Oh, come on, Dave. I didn't think you'd believe me. Oh, thank you very much, Fog. What other lies have you told me? Let me tell me paint isn't edible next. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, moving on to uh, my mistake. I once told a man that I was the second best poet in Lower Spittle after Billiam Birdsworth. But uh, much to my delight, good old Billiam had been savaged by a grockle the previous evening. A tragic loss, perhaps. But of course, it meant that I was in fact the best poet in Lower Spittle. <laughs> what a silly mistake to make. Oh, come on, Fog. Tell us a real mistake. One where you, uh, you wronged someone or did something you regret. Well, you can talk with your silly sun and moon mistake. What about the mistake you made when you fried Shane and Goff with that microphone? OK, let's move on. Uh, on to you, listeners. Um, uh, first on the line, we've got, uh, we've got Wally Jumper. Hi, Dave. Hi, Fog. Hello, Wally. Welcome to the Good Vibe Show. Uh, so what was your biggest mistake, Wally? My biggest mistake was being bored. Oh, really? You sure you're not just being a bit of a negative Nelly there, Wally? <laughs> no, I'm deadly serious. Oh. If I could go back to that moment, I'd strangle myself with my umbilical cord. <laughs> I think you've just been a bit of a, a bit of a miserable Albert there, my friend. Life isn't uh, all that bad, is it? I was born on a dung heap. My mother was a psychotic six-mouthed mutant who tried to eat me when I was five years old. Mm. My father left to be a nostril miner when I was six. I ran away when I was seven and lived in a stagnant ditch until I was 11, mm. which was when I moved into a diseased pond. Mm. Wow. When I that was 12, good. my trousers got torn off by a freak whirlwind. Mm. When I was 14, someone stole all my teeth while I was sleeping. When I was 16, I lost a testicle in a oh. game of conkers. All right, all right. We don't need your bloody life story. We get the picture. No, you don't. When I was 25, I lost the love of my life down the back of a sofa. When I was 27, my pond became sentient and ate all of my possessions. When I was 30, my knees got eaten by a ravenous hedgehog. When I was... Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I think for you, being born was certainly a mistake. When I was 32, I got captured by a mad scientist and turned inside out whilst I was still alive. When oh. I was 37, he managed to turn me back the right way but forgot to put my intestines.
intestines back in. Oh, 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 oh there, Wally. I think this might be a bit disturbing for some of our younger listeners. And now I have to wear them as a belt. Oh. When I was 41, I sneezed so hard a rib came out of my nose. I, I, when I, I was 46... And our older listeners... That's enough. Thank you, Wally, for that wonderful insight into your wretched life. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, our next caller is uh, Rhoda Bike. <laughs> Hello, Rhoda. And uh, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made? Hello. The biggest mistake I ever made was having children. Oh, really? Why's that? Yes, this is the post, 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 post modern age, Rhoda. Children are no longer a barrier to a successful career. Career? It's got nothing to do with my career. I'm a highly successful executive. I just hate them. They're horrible. Oh, I see. They're rude, they're uncouth, and they refuse to go and work in the uranium mines. Oh, my. Well, I'm not so sure that's their fault. I wouldn't want to go there either. How old are they? Well, Pigsworth is three and Useless is six. You are trying to send infants down the uranium mines? That's ridiculous. No wonder they are rude and uncouth. Perhaps you should consider not being such an abusive twat. Abusive? You don't know me. You called your children pigs worth and useless. I can build up a pretty clear picture from that alone, you entitled spuculous worm. All right, Fog, all right. Your point's been made. I'm unsubscribing. Good riddance. What is wrong with people, Dave? Oh, I don't know, Fog. Anyway, we've got time for just one more cooler. Uh, next up, we have um, Slimo Mini Apple Piss. Hello, Slimo. And what's your biggest regret? Uh, my biggest regret is not calling out my oppressors earlier on in my life. Uh, oppressors? Uh, who's oppressing you, Slimer? Everyone. Well, nearly everyone. Especially gardeners. It's not fair. I can't open my mouth without someone jumping down my throat. Why, are you a cannibal? No, I mean, people always call me horrible names when I say certain things. What sort of things? Well, for example... I mentioned the other day that I thought it was perfectly reasonable to eat your youngest born if you were short of food. You see, they are the weakest. They contribute the least to society. They can't work. They're totally ugly. And you lose the least amount of invested time. You know, in nine months or so, you could have a brand new one. Uh, so you are a cannibal. No. I just think it should be totally up to you if you want to eat your babies. The powers that be are just too interfering. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, but uh, you think eating babies is socially acceptable? But it's barbaric and murderous. Oh, here we go again. Another one of these snowflakes. Uh, snowflake? Yeah, precious little unique, delicate people who can't deal with any criticism without whining or being triggered, using false arguments to back themselves up and think they're better than everyone else. Oh, I see. Uh, but that sounds like you. Oppressor! You see, you can't say anything without someone having a go at me. Well, you are saying some quite inflammatory things, Slimo. You can't expect people to just sit back in their haunches and not make the case against you, can you? Oh, typical SJW. Oh dear, what, what, what's an SJW? A silly, jabbering warrior. They're always oppressing me, telling me I can't make fun of ugly birds, saying I shouldn't pick on green skins or mutants, saying I'm a bigot and a racist, and it's, it's, it's bollocks! I'm sick of it! Oh, for fuck's sake, you're a mutant hater as well. Well, yeah, no one wants mutants slinking around, stinking up the place, do they? Destroying the gene pool, diluting the master race. Norm power! Norm power? What do you mean by that, Slimo? Well, looking normal like me, and talking normally like me, and leaving perfectly normal slime trails on the floor like me. Uh, slime trails? I'm a perfectly normal giant talking slug. What? But, but, but that's not normal. It is. Slugs have been around a lot longer than everyone else. We're the original inhabitants of this land. It's time we took back what's ours. Mammals are old hat. We're clearly the master race. 
<laughs> That's completely untrue, isn't it? It's not untrue, it's an alternative viewpoint. Alternative viewpoint? If you mean by alternative viewpoint, you mean peering out of the world from your own backside, then I suppose it's true. But it's not an alternative viewpoint or idea, it's just plain incorrect. I'm never wrong! Slimer, I have to say, in the past, we have had a wide variety of different people of all shapes and sizes on our show. Freaks, weirdos, yes, bigots and mutant haters, I'm looking at you, Flam, if you're out there, and all sorts of viewpoints from the mildly incredulous to the downright insane. But you, Simo, are an exception. Oh, oh, well, thanks. It's finally someone who can see it from my perspective. You're not insane. You're just an idiot. What? You've got less brains than a garden snail. Uh, oppression, oppression, now who's being racist? You've been listening to the mainstream media. Oh, we are the mainstream media. Well, us and Albert, anyway. Exactly. Always denying a platform for people like me. What are you talking about, you torch-bearing twat? We've let you on our show, haven't we, you stupid lettuce muncher? Stop triggering me. I have a right to free speech. I can say whatever I want. Yes, and we have a right to say whatever we like to. And quite frankly, you're boring. You're a selfish, stuck-up idiot who thinks that just because people don't like you that the world owes you something. Well, it doesn't. I'm an oppressed majority. You're a mince-brained fuck-up. I only wanted to be loved, than to hate without prejudice. I feel so worthless, but I know I'm better than all of you. The new regime is upon you. I'll show you how it's done. Death to everyone who isn't me. I'll show you social planning justice. At the dawn of new era. It's the time of the normals. No more salt. No more pellets. It's time to slime the world. Holy mother of... What just happened, Fog? Uh, I, I think he just imploded in a paradoxical rage at feeling both nonsensically superior and like a worthless bag of sick. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. Probably for the best, really, it seems. Yes, there's no helping some people, is there, Dave? Uh, well, that's another first for Gamma Radio. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we could help. Uh, uh, anyway, listeners, uh, we've come to the end of this. My big mistake, oh, the delicious oh snack called Frog oh, and oh. Dave. Bloody hell. Oh. I forgot you were there, the flibble spook. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I covered him with a sheet. I couldn't stand those humongous eyes watching me all bloody day long. Yeah, well, you've been very quiet. You haven't said anything for two weeks. I not like being big face head. I am dehapitated. My eyes leak sadness water. I wish never put you in tooth cave. You ruin life. Now cannot hold wordy paper to read or smash things. How supposed to make brain better now? Wish I just squashed any boxmen to paste. Well, it's too late for that, you stupid head. Now you're stuck here with us, apparently. Oh, leave him alone, Fog. We'll get used to him. We'll stick him in Albert's room if he gets too much. Anyway, that's all we've got time for this week, listeners. Uh, stay tuned for Happy Hour with Miserable Albert. When I was 75, I accidentally swallowed a bread knife and it's still in my throat now. When I was 79, I got stuck in a bin for two weeks. When I was 81, a fish finger escaped from my fork and went berserk in the gravy. When I was... I'm a radio. You know what, everybody listening to this advert I'm making, I really don't like my hair. That's why I invented this wonderful new thing called hair dye. Yes, just pour it on your head in the shower and your hair shall be forever transformed. My hair instantly fell out as soon as I poured this stuff over my head. 
Now I have none left at all. This product not only removed my hair, but also the large callus I'd built up on my forehead from repeatedly using it as a hammer. Thanks, hair dye. I am now totally hairless, and I didn't even mean to use it. I just knocked over my husband's bottle in the shower. Hair dye kills hairs permanently. Workshire Kitchen Solutions. Are you tired of washing your clothes in a pond? Or cooking your food on a burning pile of tyres? Or keeping your food fresh by constantly blowing on it to cool it down? Then we have the goods for you! Why not try our new fish-powered washing machine? Just fill a barrel with tepid water and pour in our specially drained fish. Once you've added your clothes, our fish will run around in circles on the bottom, churning the dirt right out. Or how about our new Insta Radio oven? Just place your food inside our uranium-lined box, and hey presto, a hot meal in record time. There goes the curry, always in a hurry. Or finally, our special dishwashing machine. Just install our special washing trough in your nearest donk cow pen. Simply place your dishes inside, and the donk cows will lick them clean for you. Kitchen Solutions from Workshire.